And I can make anyone for one minute look hood cool. So send me anyone from the back and we gonna get it done. And you do know that. Hood cool. Did I have your attention, please? Yes! He's back! Did I have your attention, please? It's one thing that I had to ruin my holiday week by coming up to this dump of a city. Then I had to sit back there in the locker room and watch this. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad to see things haven't changed since I left NXT. This show still stinks. The future is now. Hey, listeners. Hey. How's it going? It's your boy, Nando O'Brien. <laughs> and then it's your boy, L Truth, saying, What's up? You already know what's going down when I'm around. I'll be sitting in your town, dressed like a clown, hanging out with Ronald McDonald, trying to stay away from getting fondled. <laughs> L Truth. <laughs> And if you didn't know already, this is a very special episode <laughs> of Half K NXT. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what? There it is. It's been uh, it's been an interesting, interesting time. <laughs> is all I'll say <laughs> with everything happening recently. Uh, before we get into that, I will mention that this is uh, an improv special episode because, as I mentioned last week. This is actually the last episode of 2010 in our timeline. Uh, so yeah, we'll f- we're finally getting out of um, mm-hmm. the year that we started way back in February <laughs> of 2010. <laughs> uh, and uh, I will do some uh, some roundup fun facts based on how 2010 went. So what I what I was imagining it is it's going to be similar to how AEW does it, where they they kind of reset the um ah okay. the stats and everything yeah 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 so i'm gonna do that where i'll give the overall stats on how folks did throughout 2010 and then as we get into next the the episode for next week at the beginning of 2011 then we're just going to kind of reset at that point uh hopefully that makes sense now that people are used to aew because <laughs> We definitely didn't have that before. <laughs> I definitely didn't have this uh, when this episode originally aired. That is one thing. AEW was not even a thought. wasn't even a brief of a thought. And it was like, you know, so deal with it. When, when, when one of its founders was literally doing a dashing gimmick around around that time. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Who else? Who, like, who else is like 2010 WWE that is now? Like AEW, Swagger, Jericho, mm-hmm. Gold Dust, who uh, is a uh, an NXT alumnus for us? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Goldie, Goldie, Gold. There, uh, I, I, I think 
I think probably Arn Anderson was there backstage, maybe. You're probably right. Yeah. I could yeah, I believe yeah. that. Uh who else is 2010 WWE that's uh Zack Ryder? Isn't he in AEW? Uh he's kind of like Or did is it was that like a one off thing? I think from what I heard it's a one off because he he just debuted on Impact recently. Ah, uh, okay. All right, that's fair. Yeah. So he he's back yeah, with yeah. Uh, what is what is his name? Brian Myers. Yes, which I like granted I I haven't been following Impact as much but I like his new uh moniker name. His moniker is the most professional wrestler. I like that. Uh, uh, that that's really bit, clever. I like that. The yeah, most perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's his new gimmick. Cool. So before we kick off the episode, obviously by now I'm pretty sure everyone has already heard the news of uh the WWE Network and Peacock. <laughs> so this is all as as we're going along this is all brand new to all of us obviously this podcast kind of relies a lot on, on the wwe network since we need the uh the episodes to be stored somewhere in order to watch them so we'll see uh, from what i've heard everything is supposedly going to be the same for us in the u.s when it comes to like all the content will remain there but it's just being switched over to to peacock um but all those details as far as like do we automatically just get switched over to peacock or do we have to like manually sign up or do they pick a plan for us like all those things i'm pretty sure will get figured out in the next couple of weeks but uh for now that's still not going to happen until march so we'll see how how things go down from from that time uh so yeah if there's any weirdness we'll definitely we'll let you know but that um that will definitely throw my algorithm off if you have been listening to these episodes uh retroactively because <laughs> i'm pretty sure every episode we mentioned to go head over to the wwe network so if you are listening to those backwards obviously you know now that i'm talking about peacock <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know how, how is it Hey, I'm, I'm just really curious on how it's supposed to work. Yeah. So it's like, yo. Actually, no, look. Here, look. It says, I'm, I'm looking at one right now. It says, existing U.S. subscribers will be migrated over to Peacock Premium, where they'll continue to get access to mm. WWE Network, but will pay 50, 50% less while getting full access of the Peacock Premium tier with ads. So it's like, I guess we get ported over and we pay... $4.99 for Peacock Premium if we're cool with the ads. But to my knowledge, I think, yeah. So look, there's another tier up for like uh WWE Peacock Premium Plus that's no ads. Mm-hmm. So like it looks like if we just want network kind of the way that we have it with the ads because you know like we already kind of have ads right now it's 4.99 but then if yeah, we yeah. go up and get rid of the ads and i'll probably just slam in like wwe ads for like breaks or whatever and then it'll be 9.99 so it's essentially like same thing but it says no commercials peacock premium plus plan four p's in a row it says that that's going to be 9.99 with no commercials so whatever man if i'm paying the same amount and i get less ads and commercials so be it i'm with that yeah yeah whatever peacock has to offer us like you know what comes on peacock uh 
we'll find out because <laughs> I, I yeah i definitely don't use it enough or i think i think my sister is um uh, i think she's using like the free version uh but yeah i i have no clue like other than some of the nbc shows that i watch but i will I, I think it will be pretty much the same for all of us where we'll just find out once we once we get there. I think I think you and I, I think you and I are similar where we plan some things out, but for the most part we just kind of just roll with it and then when the time comes we'll we'll just deal with it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we're just going to face it head on, you know, whatever it is is whatever it is by the time we get there. What can I watch? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we just wanted to make sure we addressed that before we started this week's episode. And speaking of which, yes, this is technically this is why I, I I'm happy that we're always saying the number and the date now because it will make it a lot easier not only for for our listeners to to track down the episode but for us to kind of like reference it uh, for ourselves. So this is uh, NXT episode 45, episode four in season four, and this one happened on December 28th uh 2010 and as i mentioned before this is the last episode of the year it happened at the blue cross arena in rochester new york Mm -hmm. i actually i really enjoyed the flow of this episode and like for for instance we go straight into like our first match of the evening which is our our guys I keep forgetting the team names. I feel bad. So we got our guys. Uh, oh, man. How could I forget this? We got Truth and Dance Sequences. Johnny Curtis and R-Truth versus uh, <laughs> Ziggler and Novak. <laughs> That's my team right there. <laughs> there we go. So uh, this it's not a tag team match. It's a one-on-one match. We get Johnny Curtis versus Dolph Ziggler. So mm-hmm. good old match. Um, one thing of note still no pyro is this the beginning of the end is as are we getting our consistency of the pyro being being over um they actually they make their entrances to the ring to our uh one thing i noticed is like our truth rap so nonchalant like yeah 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 his face is so so straightforward and he just kind of like goes through it and it's just like effortless I'm like man he's so yeah sly you do this once a week <laughs> i i had that in my in my notes too where I think it's because yeah the the commentators uh let him kind of do his thing where they didn't interrupt him compared to like modern episodes of uh Raw and SmackDown where where the commentators will just talk over him. So I really got to appre- I really got to uh appreciate it more just because yeah you got to see him just do it and like how you said it, it was just so effortless but it was very charismatic as it always been and I Again, I know we always give our truth a lot of love on this podcast, but I just have to give him more love just because of like when you see that and then fast forward uh, 10, 11 years later, it's still the same energy, the same kind of like charisma. And like you can tell that he genuinely just loves doing it. So, yeah, just a bunch of a uh, bunch of shout out to our truth, man. Our <laughs> truth is one of the rare dudes who really look like he having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like he comes out there and you can almost kind of like just see it in and was like oh man he's rocking out there he's having some fun um 
So that was really, if you watch the episode again, you'll see a dude in the audience that like knew all the words. <laughs> kind of like they go to him <laughs> and it's during one of the parts that you would think that nobody knows the words for, but he's like jamming along with it. I'm like, how do you know this part, bro? <laughs> <laughs> who, are, who, who are these people, bro? Who are these people who just got like time to be memorizing wrestler theme songs like that nowadays like you know catch me back in the day like you know (laughs) yeah we were just saying how we barely memorized Dolph Ziggler's theme and we've been listening to it over for like a decade and still can't can't learn it word for word (laughs) no not at all all right so we get into the match the commentators uh bring up an, an interesting stat. They say that no rookie has beat a pro. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, you know, that makes sense. No rookie should be beating pros. That's not mm-hmm. that's not how this show runs. So we get into the match. Um, pretty standard like startup. They're yeah, it's pretty cool because they're about like the same build, but I think Curtis is taller than he is. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting to kind of see the pro be the smart. It's always interesting because it's like when you think rookie and pro in your mind, you kind of think like the the pro is the going to be the, the larger or like the more muscular look muscular looking person but in this one it was like curtis was actually more physically imposing person versus like uh ziggy being a little bit more on the slender side and this is when he's like at the peak of his bleach blonde hair and mm-hmm. like uh <laughs> this is his most radiant tanning um <laughs> but no it was a good match uh but at what point we see uh ziggy stomping a mud hole in curtis in the corner that's oh, pretty yeah, cool yeah, yeah. at some point uh, a little bit further after that, we get uh, Mr. Ziggler or Mr. Novak kind of almost getting kind of touchy with Vicky and he kind of gets uh, gets Ziggler mm. attention. He's like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. what's going on? So just kind of playing with that, uh, reinforcing that little storyline that's building is cool to see that. Like a lot of people don't really realize how much stuff is going on in one wrestling match. So it's kind of cool when you see the the little things kind of like get noticed and highlighted and stuff like that because everybody's always moving whether the camera is on them or not so like it's always cool when you get to like catch that mm-hmm. um i get a great neck breaker out of out of ziggy i like calling him ziggy uh <laughs> we get a great just like um falling neck breaker out of ziggy on on curtis um the match Pretty, you know, standard match uh, move wise. Another highlight move. One of the highlight moves that I really picked out for um, Johnny Curtis was his uh, like spinning lariat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, was I clean. That and then he like got him with a flapjack after that. That was dope, too. The flapjack is one of those cool moves that it's good that not everybody does. But when you do see it, it's like, oh, you know what? I do like the flapjack. It's nice and simple. Mm-hmm. The person selling it always gets a, a chance to really like over accentuate everything. So that worked out perfect with uh, he who sells a lot. So that was perfect. <laughs> um, he sets him up with that. Goes up top. You know, he's going to go for his flying guillotine leg drop, which is always like my favorite when especially with what happened because he missed. He got so much height, too yeah yeah <laughs> exactly like anytime anybody misses a high flying move they always go the extra mile yeah yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so like whereas like ziggy was probably like he wasn't even in the middle of the ring he was like a little bit less maybe like a quarter the distance away this fool curtis like jumps to the <laughs> middle of the ring just to over give ziggler some space to roll out of the way he yeah. overshoots his opponent Boom, crashes his butt, gets up, 
ziggy zaggy yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's done <laughs> you kind of want to you kind of want to see like what would happen if if uh if ziggler didn't even move just to see like how far johnny curtis would have been <laughs> off target <laughs> he would have jumped clean over him There's, he could have just like laid there like you know what i don't even have a move right now <laughs> Oh, that was so good. He should have like laid there, let him hit the ground, and then just got him in a crucifix pin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> that would have been perfect. Simple. I would love to see that as a finish. Like, let your person overshoot and then just let yeah. it roll him up after that. Because you know, the roll up is the most dangerous move in NXT history anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm for sure doing a, uh, a, uh, <laughs> a count, a counter for that one. So, don't worry, I, that will be brought up <laughs> on a future episode. Uh, yeah, I I think you pretty much nailed it. Where all those same highlights that you mentioned, that's those are pretty much the same spots that I really enjoyed from this matchup. And kind of how you mentioned, I I think the chemistry between the two of them were really good. And um, I, uh, I I I'm definitely gonna get back to it when we get to our scoring but yeah i i was just really impressed by this matchup and it kind of took me by surprise because i was more looking forward to the main event matchup from just by reading it last week on who was going to compete that this one kind of came out of nowhere that i was like oh man like these guys these guys have good chemistry already uh and it's only like the first matchup of of the night too I agree. No, I agree for sure. It looks like uh, I had no idea this match was coming up. So just seeing it come together, it's like, oh, you know what? This might be a quiet sleeper of mm-hmm. a good match. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, speaking of which, yeah, we go into commercial. And I think that's this is why the, why uh, you and I probably enjoyed this episode so much, because, yeah, the flow of it kind of just keeps going where we get straight into our second matchup. And uh, there's no entrances. Uh, we just have our uh, our boy Connor O'Brien already in the ring with his pro Alberto Del Rio. But as we notice right away, that we have Derek Bateman and Kofi Kingston is in his corner. So uh, <laughs> this is very similar to last week where uh, we didn't have our truth, and then he kind of subbed out with JTG. So now Daniel Bryan is the same thing where he wasn't on this week's episode and Kofi kind of uh, took his spot. They didn't really give a, a reasoning. They just kind of <laughs> said like he wasn't available for this week's show. And then Kofi was just kind of there. But at least for um, at least for Bateman, it worked out because Kofi's already been a pro. So it, it it's it's OK that he's got he's got someone experienced that knows what they're kind of doing if we're going to go uh that that's half k wise that's yeah yeah exactly i'll get i'll give you that you can't just bring in anybody to be a judge on nxt it's best to get somebody with some experience so you can get the proper tutelage i guess exactly yeah (laughs) if if we're really going to stick to the half k-ness yes (laughs) it's it's a good it's a good uh it's a good replacement (laughs) i i thought they they started off the match pretty good because yeah bateman is still kind of how you mentioned continuing that um, those little story points that each match seems to have developed where even Bateman starts going for a heel hook right away at the beginning of the match. And that's kind of continuing the story from last week where Daniel Bryan was teaching Bateman all these new submission holds. So that's, that's really good of them to kind of keep that storyline going. Uh, They, they also do it where Josh Matthews kind of, uh, 
<laughs> he made me laugh with the line that he said. I really like Connor O'Brien. Why? Well, because he, oh, he looks like a rat. Okay. And he uses that to his advantage. A lot of people that look like rats probably just stay home. That's true. That's a great point. Dynamite drop in. <laughs> it just made me really laugh based on like how, how he said it. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I heard it. It was hella funny. Yeah, <laughs> it just caught me off guard. And then, yeah, commentary as well. Like, uh, I'll definitely bring it up later. But yeah, even commentary was on on point on this episode because Todd Grisham wanted to get Josh's perspective on like trying to become a WWE superstar since he uh, was on Tough Enough. And then Josh kind of jokes around saying like, oh, you know, it didn't go that well because obviously I'm sitting right next to you. But yeah, yeah, I, I just thought like, Kind of how we mentioned uh, on last week's episode that these guys are now starting to find their groove. So I, I thought this was really good. Um, I I did end up looking this up because I think we talked about it too, where we were kind of curious when was Josh's last matchup. So Josh actually had his last WWE match, I should say, because he's had um, he's had a few matches recently on Impact. So if we're only counting his WWE matches. His last matchup was actually against uh, Orlando Jordan on on an episode of SmackDown from November of uh, 2004. So yeah, he's he's definitely even even if you're counting this timeline, he's been away from the ring for a good amount of years since uh, about yeah six years pretty much. Wow. So afterwards, then yeah, Bateman Bateman hit like a really nice jumping clothesline that looked really good, and then followed it up with a float over uh net breaker and yeah it wasn't it wasn't a long match but in the in the closing sequence i thought it was really cool where um connor grabbed uh bateman's arm from like the ropes because he was on the outside and then he quickly kind of slid back into the ring and from there he did the full nelson slam which i think was the move you called for him (laughs) like (laughs) when, when you looked at someone like O'Brien, you were like, okay, he's either gonna do this type of move or or he's gonna do like <laughs> he just come on man, he just looked like a full Nelson Slam dude. Like it's an yeah, yeah. easy move. <laughs> like the full Nelson Slam is dope. Yeah. Like it is rarely do they mess it up. Mm. It's really easy to bump for. It's like just taking a normal, just high bump. And you just mm. jump. Your arms are already out. You're about to bump perfectly all you gotta do is tuck your chin <laughs> just yeah, yeah, jump yeah. and tuck your chin and then the dude slamming all he has to do is just kind of like fall with you or just toss you down it's full nelson slam is highly underappreciated yeah yeah and yeah I'm, I'm very happy that of all the people here my boy o'brien took it <laughs> uh and he picked up the win at 308 and this was also funny too, where after the match, Del Rio wanted uh, Ricardo to announce Connor as the winner, and for some reason, like Ricardo was kind of hesitating at first, but eventually he announced um, O'Brien as the winner of the matchup. And yeah, I I don't know if there's like a story to it that may have happened on Raw or SmackDown between O'Brien and uh, Ricardo, but it, it was just a good additional touch to kind of give them like a good. Uh, good kind of character between the three of them since like they kind of have to work together throughout the season so yeah i i thought it was i thought it was a good it was a short matchup but like how i said they they told some good stories and like um the 
the fun factor of the match was really good. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that was a really good match because it accomplished a lot of things in that match, like bringing back the good old full Nelson slam, which <laughs> I also didn't catch uh, the name of when the commentator said it. Cause they said it really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it played. It plays up the kind of like little character there and story that they're building relationship between those three because they seem very randomly put together. But it's good to see them kind of like vibing off of each other. So that's good. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of that, you just get more. You get more development even from Bateman, like when he's using the rolling knee breaker that him and Daniel Bryan were practicing like either last week or the week before that. So mm-hmm. it's just continued long-term storytelling that if you're paying attention, you'll catch it. And then even if you're not, the matches are short enough to where they're, they're short enough so far and good enough to where they got what they were trying to accomplish within their time constraint really well. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. We get this dope little backstage promo with Ted DiBiase Jr. and Brodus Clay. And it is really dope because I feel like Brodus Clay gets slicker and slicker every time he talks. <laughs> Yeah, he does. <laughs> like he just, just the, you would have never thought that he was just so big because he come in and he was super smooth and he was like, "Yeah, man, I just want to thank you for." And then DBS is like, "Wait, are you patronizing me?" He's like, yeah. man, "Nobody got no time to be patronizing." <laughs> super slick, super smooth, and then DBS is like, "Oh well, you're patronizing me. You should take some notes of my match later." And it's mm-hmm. like, uh. Okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. just like the interaction between the two of them was, it was really cool because DiBiase's pretty solid on the mic. He mm-hmm. don't got that menacing laugh like his father, but he's just as like pompous and arrogant, but in a kind of like spoiled child kind of way, and he yeah, does it really yeah, yeah. good. And then Brodus is just like this big, super slick dude that's just cool, and that's it. He's just cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm really liking how how you just said with Del Rio and uh, O'Brien, where I'm liking the pairing so far. Where they, I think all the teams pretty much are are mashing up really well. Not only just like their um their character kind of uh, mashup, but also just like uh the promo work where like yeah, they're all kind of like blending in together really well. Like that compared to when you compare it to like season one, some of them didn't have like the same kind of chemistry that that uh that these six pairings are are already kind of like mashing up really well um so yeah i i thought that was a a good little short promo i think everybody's promo work so far this season is pretty good Mm -hmm. i can't think of anybody who's particularly weak yeah yeah like even Ratface like has his shtick going yeah yeah he's no novak does his thing being like pretty and arrogant he's doing that really good yeah saxon is great he don't even need to win challenges he just needs to be himself every time and he's yeah. he's over <laughs> yeah johnny curtis is solid when he speaks yeah bateman bateman might be the even bateman is doing good because he's got that like that that type of bro from 2011 feel <laughs> yeah 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 you know, it's just they're all they're all pretty solid this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll definitely see how how that comes into play later with the um, with the last challenge of the evening because that proves everything that we just said about like how all six of them are like good on the mic. <laughs> uh, That's true. Yeah. 
So the first challenge of the night is the return of the power of the punch that we've been seeing pretty much every season other than the um than the rookie diva season so we get the return of it and before before they start punching away matt striker reminds everyone that elimination week is happening next week so the points that they gain tonight are pretty much going to determine like who's going to be uh safe for next week and the current standings are brodus and connor both have not scored anything they're still um they still need to get on the board and then novak and saxton both have one point johnny curtis has two points and Derek bateman is currently in the lead with uh three points uh and then since this is a physical challenge this one will be up to two points but then striker kind of throws a uh, a mystery uh reward out there where he says that if anyone can beat the all-time record set by Alex Riley, uh, which is 896, then they'll also get an additional point, which, uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. I, I thought it kind of gave it more stakes and also just to kind of freshen up the uh, the competition. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I'll kind of go through all of them really quickly just to kind of uh, give you the scores here. So... Derek Bateman goes first and he gets 750 right afterwards. Then we get uh, Johnny Curtis with 814 and takes the lead. Uh, the machine kind of got stuck when Byron Sexton was going up next. And uh, even Matt Stryker was trying to kill time by complimenting uh, mm-hmm. Saxton's new, new t-shirt that he, he had on. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know, like just their little banter here that they had. I thought was pretty good just because they legit needed to kill time. <laughs> yeah, because it was like stuck in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that was good that they at least realistically had to do that. Uh, the other part, too, is. Oh, so sorry. So Saxon got uh, 625 and then afterwards, kind of the same thing. They had to wait until a reset for Connor O'Brien. So Stryker asked, <laughs> he asked O'Brien, like, oh, uh, so what's your strategy going into this? And then Connor O'Brien was like, to put a hole in it like Swiss cheese. And then, <laughs> and then uh, Matt Stryker was like, oh, that was clever. <laughs> uh, I, and then uh, he hit like, what, 530? Yeah, yeah. So it was like all that hype for nothing. But I again, like how you said with, with all the all the promo work from everybody. Yeah. Like everyone, everyone seems like they're dedicated to their gimmicks. So yeah. O'Brien, I don't know if he had thought about that before or if it was really improv, but it, it totally worked by him just kind (laughs) of saying that little line there. (laughs) So afterwards, then we have Ziggy's telling, uh, Novak to take off his blazer before hitting it. And it's weird because I know Dolph Ziggler's voice, obviously, but sometimes, it kind of throws me off because when when uh, he was saying Novak's name, I really didn't know who it was at first because I keep forgetting too that the the pros are mic'd up uh, during these segments. That I totally was like, who the hell is who the hell is talking to him? And I was like, oh yeah, it, it's Ziggler. Like it it just kind of threw me off there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he gets uh, seven twenty one, and then <laughs> Ziggler Ziggler's uh, I should say Ziggler afterwards was like. Oh, maybe you should have kept the the blazer on just as an excuse, but yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I know that was slick. Yeah. 
And then Brodus is last, and before he hits it, yeah, the the crowd was really behind Brodus. I don't I don't know if it was because of the promo that he did earlier backstage with DiBiase, or in general they they just liked his demeanor. But the crowd was already chanting his name um, before he hit the tried out for his punch. So I I thought that was pretty cool that like they're already getting themselves over in these in these segments already that. Um, they haven't even hit like the main roster and they're each, each of the rookies are starting to like grow as, uh, as individuals. Yeah. So Brodus hits six thirty six, and that means Johnny Curtis picks up the win. He didn't beat Riley's score, but he ends up getting two more points in this and is now the new stand, the, the new standings leader. So the pretty much the fate of uh the immunity winner is going to be at the very end with the the last challenge i won't say what it is yet because we'll get to it at at the end of the episode it's crazy because uh like with that last challenge i think how it works it's like where you hit the thing Mm -hmm. i think you have to hit it like right in the middle of like where the the punching bag is and when i was kind of like watching it again it looked like johnny curtis had the best like straight on shot yeah like a lot of the other people either hit it like at an angle towards the right when they were swinging kind of like a clothesline yeah or it came like over the top and they like kind of like hit it like a like a debo punch and it's like <laughs> i don't think that's where the i don't think that's where the sensor is though yeah 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 like i think that sensor might be like right there in the middle cuz every time i've ever hit, hit like hit, seen anybody hit that thing they always hit it like right in the middle to get like the the highest score so i'm like maybe that's yeah yeah and plus uh i would imagine that the uh the sensor after so much wear and tear that it it probably only works really well in that in that core spot anyway so yeah you're you're probably right Mm -hmm. all right so (laughs) let's get right into our matchup here we get um what is the name of this team i forgot to what is the name of these homies i believe this is the uh the saxton this is the saxton lock (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and the and the money (laughs) saurus there we go you know they come from money. <laughs> they come from they come from pain. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to look up the lyrics after this. <laughs> nah, bro. They come from money. They come from pain. They come from everything you want. And I make. <laughs> and then, so this match opens up. It's a nice, like another good matchup of two dudes who are similar with a similar build, mm-hmm. kind of like similar height and weight type of thing. Um, we get a, a opening series of of drop, no arm drags from yeah, both yeah, men. Yeah, yeah, to start off the match, that was cool. Um, a little bit of offense. I could have swore uh, DiBiase stomped a mud hole into Saxon for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, Byron Saxon busts out with it. It's like a bulldog, but it's almost like the setup was from the Russian leg sweep at first. Yeah, so it's I, like I, he came almost from the side, and then he got up and like bulldogged him. It was dope, but it was like the setup was out of nowhere. Yeah, I I saw that too, and I was gonna ask you like if that was like some kind of variation of a bulldog or if that was still considered like a bulldog i guess she would still just call it a bulldog maybe it was just like the setup was different or maybe he was just like i don't know where mm. i'm going next yeah <laughs> maybe. maybe he just thought uh rush a leg sweep and he's like nah let's go bulldog here yeah yeah yeah. and then at some point uh the, the tides kind of turn 
DiBiase gets Saxon in the corner. I remember, yeah, he tried to like attack him in the corner and he moved out of the way. And then he's like, I won't start calling them point blank drop kicks because he was like a, good a couple, in, he's just like a couple inches from his mouth and drop kicked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty dope. Um, another highlight move I do recall is seeing a nice sunset flip from Byron Saxon. He actually like almost overshot him, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was still dope. Um, towards the closing, this is, this is like you like get into commentary talk. It's like cl- towards the closing sequences <laughs> of the matchup, uh, we got like an apron stunner from from DiBiase to Saxon that sent Saxon uh, barreling outside. Then our boy uh, Brodus Clay was like getting getting some ill intent, <laughs> and then uh, was dude was the buff dude name uh, Chris. Oh uh, yeah, Master yeah, yeah. was like, hey man, don't you do it, <laughs> don't you do it. And then you know Brodus kind of backed up like, no, I'm not gonna do that. And yeah, as soon yeah. as Masters turns around, but then as soon as the ref turns around, this fool Brodus wants to attack Saxon and gets caught. <laughs> Red-handed, pretty much. <laughs> Red-handed. Didn't even, like, try to play it off. He was just like, shoot. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, and then, so, um, goddamn DiBiase gets disqualified. Mm-hmm. And, in turn, gives us our first uh, pro defeating or losing mm-hmm. to a rookie, which is funny because that was set up in the beginning of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They were kind of, uh, yeah, teasing it already because of like how DiBiase was telling Brodus throughout the promo of, uh, oh, take notes, rookie, and all, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, he pretty much was kind of like setting himself up. But, yeah, I, I didn't think he was going to lose by DQ, which um, will be one of my fun facts later. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that was, that was, uh, so DiBiase, we get DiBiase, and then we get to Maurice and Brodus Clay back in the ring, and then um, DiBiase's furious. He's like screaming at Brodus. Yeah. And then Maurice is calling Brodus an idiot. She's like, "You're an idiot, you stupid <laughs> idiot," which is like would never be accepted now in 2021. Yeah. But yeah. Like, she's like calling him an idiot. She's like lip gloss popping everywhere and shit, <laughs> and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then DiBiase's like slap him slap him and it's like a dramatic pause and then she slapped Brodus Clay and then he's like got real mad and you know if this was like 1998 he'd have threw her over the top <laughs> rope into a table but <laughs> straight up straight up she would have got the business but since this is like what is this 2010 going to 2011 we're a bit more reserved so Brodus Clay's like really furious and he looks at DiBiase like I'm gonna murder you because you know if this was like maybe 2003 <laughs> he would have killed him and then so but he's showing that good old restraint and at the same time probably building up for a future turn and face push mm-hmm. probably you know so that's what happened at the end of that match yeah yeah, yeah. what's um what's kind of interesting and I don't know if they bring this up in in later episodes or if they ever bring it up but i thought even though that i think that they have like a good chemistry between uh brodus clay dibiase and and maurice do you think it would have been an interesting twist if they would have kind of brought up more of the um the age factor since like dibiase is a couple of years younger than brodus uh do you think that would have introduced like some 
some interesting dynamics by just kind of bringing in like the the age factor or do you think this already works well enough where it's like a young a young pro kind of telling this monster like what to do at this point i think i think you typically i don't i something that i've always noticed about wrestling more than any other sport probably because you know it's like scripted nature is that age in wrestling is never really a thing Mm, to be mentioned that's true like for some strange reason your oldest people can hang (laughs) with your like youngest dude somehow 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 sting with the baseball bat is able to ward (laughs) off like will hobbs (laughs) and brian cage and ricky starks (laughs) and like taz and like his son Who, who, you know what I'm saying? Taz and his son. His son, like 21, bro. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> you telling me this old dude in face paint and a baseball bat is like, you know what I mean? Like, somehow when wrestlers get old, they get superpowers yeah, because yeah. they use less moves, but the ones that they do use are extra strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> One shot of that baseball bat sends people flying over the turnbuckles. So, like, I think. In order to kind of keep up the 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 um like keep it half K in that Brodus is supposed to be kind of like the rookie to DiBiase, mm-hmm. like they don't never really play with age like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless it's like super glaringly obvious <laughs> to where it's like, all right, look, you know, <laughs> you know, if we got Dominic Mysterio as a pro and then you got Gilberg as like the rookie, yeah, you're yeah, obviously yeah. gonna have to play with that one right there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. seeing as like with this, we could kind of like mask it, like like think about um think about for sure, think about uh like Batista. He was hella old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And they they didn't say nothing. You it, you could never talk about them being old, but you can make a big deal out of people being young winning titles. <laughs> ah, okay. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. You could for sure do that. When you young winning titles, oh my God, he's the youngest WWE champion. Yeah. yeah Don't nobody yeah. talk about, oh my God, he the oldest first <laughs> WWE champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be like, if Goldberg, like you know, what uh, I'm saying, like if Goldberg beats Drew McIntyre, they're not gonna say, "Oh my God, he the oldest dude to ever win the uh, yeah, WWE yeah. title." Like <laughs> you're just gonna be like, "Oh my God, Goldberg did it." They're not gonna put him under the bus like that. <laughs> the, I like how they won't even dress it up and say, "Like, oh, he's the most senior senior superstar." <laughs> nope, not even. They won't say senior, seasoned, experience, none of that. <laughs> They just they just gonna roll with it. It's like, man, Goldberg just came back after having a long layoff, and he <laughs> beat Drew McIntyre. For, like, it's never nothing about him being old. Yeah, yeah. Dang, you you really did break that down. You're right. They truly never bring that up. <laughs> and I hate it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, Ric Flair. If you don't get your ass out of here, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Come on, man! Ain't nobody scared of you, bro. Like, <laughs> see now, like, come on, dude. Oh, Jesus Christ! That being said, <laughs> <laughs> we get to, uh, my uh, f- favorite commercial of the night, and it was about uh, you know we always gotta have our little Nexus update, so we get to Nexus update. Yeah. So then we get to, uh, David Otunga, who I guess is like the second in command of the nexus speaking on behalf of the team mm-hmm. and he's like you know john you should just join up with us bro the nexus we're all cool <laughs> that wade bear guy he was the one for us 
you could be that guy. And John Cena's like, uh, heck no, I'm not doing none of that. You guys are tripping. So then the Nexus is like, all right, you already know what's about to happen. We about to beat you yeah. up. So then <laughs> they beat him up. Then they showed the flashbacks. It's like, oh man, John Cena, remember, gets beat up like this all the time by the Nexus. It's showing a 450 and all that cool <laughs> stuff. <laughs> 450. <laughs> and then after that, God dang, they they walk away. They just like, you know what? We're gonna beat him up. Let's just dip. So they all left, but then you know, they didn't play the music, but I'm sure it played and then it was like uh this fire burns, CM Punk comes out there, he's like, Yeah, all right, now I'm about to beat the hell out of John Cena. I wanna get some of this party. Yeah. Comes out there, gives him GTS. And then he's about to hit him with a chair. And then you know he wasn't really gonna hit him because they don't do that in 2010. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now while he's on the ground face up. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. And so he's like, uh, let me put this chair down. And he picks up the Nexus armband and he puts it on. And it's like, whoa. And I was like, oh, this is when he did that. Mm-hmm. Cause in my mind, it was way later than this. Yeah. So that was dope. And then we get a dope uh mini segment. Backstage with R Truth <laughs> and uh Johnny Curtis. And then they're just kind of like, um uh oh Johnny Curtis is like, hey man, truth. Oh, now you want to be here for me. And then and then truth was like, what? Nah, man. I'm here and like kind of like, you know, I got your back. And then he goes, <laughs> if a bullfrog had wings, it wouldn't hit its butt every time it flies. And then he's like, What? <laughs> Johnny Curtis is like, what? Johnny Curtis goes, I don't know what that means. And then R Truth is like, me neither. No, 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 no. How many you win does not define your character, man. That's the truth. The truth of the matter is, is that you actually haven't been here the last couple weeks to be my pro. Just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe if you were there, maybe if you were there. I could have got the victory. I'm still your pro. And if a bullfrog had wings, he wouldn't hit his butt every time he hopped. I don't really know what that means. Neither do I, but I know what this means. As a superstar, you're gonna find out you learn more from your losses than your victories, man. Now that's some true words for you. Yeah, good talk. Um, I gotta go. We'll head into the... uh... The final segment of the episode, which is also another entertaining one in in my book, where uh, it is the NXT talent show rookie challenge. And this will pretty much kind of determine who is in good standing for immunity next week. And to kind of (laughs) to kind of like wrap this up, it's pretty much that they all pick some kind of hidden talent or whatever they want to call it. a talent of theirs and they um they'll get kind of similar to other challenges where the fans will kind of determine the winner based on uh, reaction and we have Derek Bateman going first and his is a silent poetry jam which he calls uh, cheap pop and pretty much he just kind of uh said some words and then eventually got to the hometown of uh, Rochester and of course got a huge pop <laughs> and that got him in in the good graces of the crowd automatically then we have uh johnny curtis in full-on sweats i, I would uh i would say if i if i remember correctly <laughs> uh and he had a 
yellow ribbon, which was which was uh, nice since we we are on NXT, and he was pretty much just doing a ribbon dance, which got a huge reaction <laughs> from the crowd. <laughs> like they were literally like cheering him, like if he had like won a title or something. Where the the crowd was totally. I don't even, I don't even understand, but it was like the pop alone was amazing. It's like, dude, what the heck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was already in good graces with the uh, with the audience. Byron Saxton was next, and uh, he was also keeping kayfabe by selling the injuries from his match earlier. And he ended up telling a fairy tale based, roughly based on himself and Brodus Clay. Uh, he got some booze from the crowd, and of course, Brodus Clay wasn't wasn't happy with him after he brought up his name as like a like a like a dragon kind of figure. Uh, and then, of course, I have to play this one since it's my boy, uh, Connor O'Brien. <laughs> and uh, he was he was telling some jokes and I, I can't do it justice. So I'll definitely I'll definitely play the clip Leave here it at that and then just plug it in. Connor, what is your talent? Joke time with Connor O'Brien. See? Rochester, New York. Hang. <laughs> what do you call a deer with no eyes? I have no idea. Oh! And that, my friends, that, Rochester, New York, that takes the cheese. See? And then we have uh, Jacob Novak and kind of something similar to what you mentioned earlier in the in the episode where he kind of plays up more of this kind of uh playboy model kind of gimmick throughout the show pretty much like um what's his face Tyler Breeze ah, without like the whole like Tyler yeah without the um without the the selfie stuff or anything um oh, he so might he be just, the inspiration for Tyler Breeze bro mhm so he, he kind of plays up like yeah that pretty boy fashion fashion model and just kind of just like poses on a chair and just do, does multiple poses doesn't get much of a reaction from the crowd um and then from there we have um last but not least we have Brodus Clay and before he starts he just kind of takes the mic and says that he's pretty much going to make anyone who comes out from the locker room look hood cool which uh I, I I thought that was a uh, a good way to kind of like get himself over, and then mm-hmm. we have the return of our favorite boy Michael Cole, <laughs> and literally I had here where he got just as big of a pop as uh, as Johnny Curtis did, but more of course on like the heel side, and dude I I can't I I, I remember them getting heel heat but like during this time i totally don't know who was like more over as a heel like if it was uh michael cole or vicky guerrero but i i think they were pretty much like equal where like whenever they show up on screen like they just get like this really good reaction from the crowd as far as like the heel work that they're doing you know they hate them yeah so yeah, yeah. much yeah like the crowd hated michael cole because he was just being a little shit though. Like yeah. <laughs> he was being hella annoying with the um anonymous general manager around this time. Yeah. Michael Cole was was really wreaking some havoc on WWE 
for a little bit. And then Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, yeah. I feel like got the short end of the stick because she really wasn't even doing nothing, but she just wanted a little boyfriends. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And then, you know, she just so happened to help them cheat sometimes. So. Yeah. Plus I think like her, um, her heel work was based on like the stuff that she did in earlier years with like La Familia and her as like a SmackDown GM. So I think all that heel work is still just being like, uh, rolled over into this year pretty much from from all her yeah like nobody ever forgave her for any of that stuff like yeah, we're yeah. just still mad about like la familia we're still mad about all of that it's yeah, like yeah. Oh, she's like is just a crime that she committed and never got over it because <laughs> every time she said excuse me like it just reminded it it was like oh you were that person weren't you yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah both both doing amazing heel work uh so yeah michael cole like pretty much just kind of bashes the crowd bashes the overall show and uh they kind of like let him just take the mic with brodus in the ring and then every single time he finishes a sentence and brodus just kind of like just says a word or two just to kind of like make him look tougher uh (laughs) he gives him a uh gives him a good old ad lib he's essentially Mm -hmm. being his hype man yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much that's what he was doing for for his uh his talent. Uh so of course like it got over, but of course since the crowd got to pick the winner at the end when uh Stryker was kind of like getting the crowd reaction from all the participants. Uh yeah, uh, no shock, Johnny Curtis ended up getting the biggest uh reaction from the crowd, so he picked up another victory and has extended his lead, so it's looking pretty good for him going into next week to um to get immunity but after the contest because um brodus is still pissed off from uh what saxton had said to him during his uh his story time he ends up pretty much just beating up all the rookies (laughs) like (laughs) literally like literally he beat up all the rookies and he even threw over uh i think uh johnny curtis into like the announcer's table from what i remember he did did you catch the um he had an excellent, uh, was it like a head and arm suplex that he did? Oh, the Byron yeah, yeah. Saxon was it? That was a, a task, a gargoyle suplex. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, that was that looked that looked really uh, deadly too. So yeah, that was that was a good spot too. Um, but yeah, that pretty much closes the show with Brodus with doing his destruction. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I think I I guess. I'll I'll get more into this into um when we get our give our scores. I will go ahead and do our fun facts since we have a few of them and I kind of just kind of want to go through them since this is the last episode of 2010. I will kind of give our overall uh stats of the year and what what also happened on this episode that you had mentioned earlier with um saxton's victory over dibiase is that yeah throughout this whole time this is actually the first dq victory of the entire nxt run which i thought was i thought it had happened already but yeah this is actually the first time anyone has has won via dq so far so yeah that's another one for uh some trivia later on if you want to know who who is the first person to win by dq in nxt it's uh byron saxton <laughs> um mm. 
Nice. And then the overall best record throughout 2010 goes to uh, the former leader of the Nexus with Wade Barrett. And Wade Barrett had coincidentally, of course, the most matches from any superstar with a total of 14 matches. He had nine victories and five losses. And then on the opposite end with the worst record, we have uh, the pro Daniel Bryan, (laughs) which he still has. uh, He's had 11 matches and 11 losses. And the the superstar, there was a couple of them who were undefeated, but they only had one or two matches. But our boy, R-Truth, is, um, is picking up the best undefeated streak of 2010 with four victories throughout the year. So hanging in there. Uh, we'll see. Uh, he knows what's up. He definitely knows what's up. <laughs> and then the grand total of matches in 2010 were 104 matches from the start of uh of nxt back in february up until now and we had a combined 58 wrestlers compete throughout the year so that's a stat that i I don't think anyone really tracks so i'm pretty happy with that one that um we're able to get like a solid number on how many unique uh wrestlers competed throughout the season the seasons i should say nice um but yeah that that will do it for like the overall stats for 2010 and i think we'll just roll over into our scores for this episode and yeah for commentary i ended up giving this episode a 3.5 in commentary um very similar to last week's episode where i think yeah like todd and josh started to to blend in a lot a lot more as far as like the chemistry that yeah i i'm pretty sure like it's hopefully we'll stay at this score in the next couple of episodes just because they've been really um they've been really finding that right balance when it comes to like todd being like like a tweener commentator where he's like not 100 percent heel but he's also like not 100 percent uh face eater so it's like that right um that right blend of of commentary mm-hmm. for sure let's see and i think i went the same i also went 3.5 oh nice um i agree with what you're saying about them like really getting in their groove and getting their feet set with what they're doing i went three for like them being still in their pocket with what they're doing but the point five came from like the um the like side comments mm-hmm. like the uh like the side comments from josh saying like you know he admires o'brien for embracing looking <laughs> like a rat when other people would stay in the house like that was hilarious yeah, like, yeah, yeah. those little things like that hilarious yeah so that's what really got me up to 3.5 with this episode i thought the um the side banter on top of the their character banter was really good with the commentary this week mm-hmm. And then um, to go right into matches, I felt the exact same way score wise about the matches. So I also mm. went three point five for the matches because I um, although none of them were super particularly long, I felt like there was just a lot of things that were or a lot of elements packed into all the matches. Like the matches didn't really serve as much to showcase or highlight wrestling ability it was there 
to kind of like continue store and build on storylines. So I thought that that was dope with the matches. Nice. Plus there's three of them. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. Dude, I pretty much echoed you there because I also gave it a 3.5 for the exact same reasons where uh, for me, the, mm. the, fr- the first matchup was probably my match of the night. But I think I agree with you where the other two matches where they were short, but they really kept going with the, the overall storyline and booking for, for each of the pairings that, yeah, pretty much just kind of echo what you said. And I think that's why I gave it that score. Uh, so for production, yeah, I, I definitely bumped that up to a four uh, because kind of how we were mentioning, like the flow of this episode, I thought was like kind of what we wanted from previous episodes where it had the right amount of uh, blend of wrestling and uh, and segments like regular promos or challenges just because they started off the, the, the show really well with like giving us like back to back matches. But then we went into like the storylines and then we went into the challenges, but we kind of still kind of kept it pretty even. So for that reason, I think they, they did a really good job with the flow of the episode where it, it, it literally like went by really quick for me where, um, Mm -hmm. by the time I knew it, they were already at at the, um, at the, uh, talent show part of it. Mm -hmm. For sure. No. Yeah. Um, I'm similar, not all the way up to four, but I'm going to change this from three to 3.5. Oh, nice. So, yeah, for sure. So production, I'm going 3.5. There was a lot um, to be produced in here, and I thought everything was great. I, being picky, probably would have wanted a little bit more out of like one of those matches Mm -hmm. but production wise i think everything was like not only they did what they needed to do but it was every the way that everything flowed to me got them like to that to that 3.5 and then oddly enough so i'm sitting on like 3.5s everywhere but entertainment was four nice nice so like I was highly, highly entertained by the episode with everything <laughs> kind of like aggregated together, put together. Like the commentary was dope. The matches were dope. The production was dope. So like just overall, the episode was really dope. So I went for nice. Yeah, I again, I, I echoed you there because I also gave it a four because of the same reasons where I think the the flow of the episode. And yeah, like to me, every segment was actually really, really fun where the how you said the commentary from the first matchup and then the the power of the punch one also had some really like fun tidbits there with with like some of the small kind of banter that they had but also just like with the challenge and the way they did it and then the backstage the even though that the backstage promos were short they were still entertaining and progressed each of the pairing storylines and then yeah like the the flow, like I know the flow of it mostly goes into production, but because of the flow of it, I like how you said, I just had a lot of fun watching this episode where it just breezed by like really quickly. Um, Nice. So I'm pretty excited because I think based on these scores, I would imagine that this will, will be like one of our higher episodes. So got it like three point set is I've got to be over three point five. Yeah, yeah. So with this episode, our combined score is a 
<laughs> you you pretty much nailed it. It's a mm -hmm. uh, it's a three point seven. Uh, so yeah, now this takes the lead as the uh, highest uh, rated episode on our end so far of the season, and it, it's kind of ironic where it's, it's literally the last episode of the year, and they pretty much like because in my mind for some reason I thought it was going to be kind of a um, kind of a, like a, a clip episode since it was like a holiday episode i thought they were just going to play clips mm. of uh the best of like nxt or something so i wasn't expecting this episode mm -hmm. to to provide like new content since it was going to be the last episode of the year but yeah to me it was it was really really solid nice this is solid yeah that's that's the highest one of this season Mm -hmm. I just took a look back at some of the past seasons because y'all be forgetting what the highest scores were. Dude, that first season had some fire ass episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but nah, man, this this was a good one too. Yeah, for sure. Hold up. That will do it for this episode. And on the next episode, which we kick off 2011, we will have a fun main event where we have a, another or actually we have a, a rookie versus rookie matchup where we have Johnny Curtis going up against Brodus Clay. And I would imagine they're doing this matchup based on like how this episode ended since um, Brodus had thrown uh, Curtis over into the announcer's table. So they're probably kind of like mm -hmm. continuing that story. So yeah, that, that should be like a really good matchup. And we also get the first elimination of the season. So we will see who is packing up their bags and leaving the show um, as the first eliminated rookie. So, yeah, I think I think what we'll probably do is at the beginning or actually we can kind of throw really quickly who we think it is since um, we haven't we haven't watched the episode yet. If I'm just going to wild guess, I would imagine it's going to be one of the guys who haven't scored yet, which I think is Novak and Brodus. But I can't see Brodus being eliminated yet, so I would imagine it might be Novak. But that's just like my guess. Got to be Novak. Yeah. You know, it just I'm not saying he doing bad or nothing, mm -hmm. but just it's got to be Novak. Like, yeah, there's. Even just like on a half K standpoint, if I'm looking at him just as a sports entertainer, yeah, I need a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like everybody else, they've got a little bit more. Like if we're supposed to treat the the rookies as grades, and the highest you can get was like a B because you're supposed to be like a rookie. Yeah, I'd say that Novak is like a C minus. Yeah, and everybody yeah, yeah. else is between like C. And C plus as a as like if this was a SmackDown rating, everybody <laughs> else would be like if the, if these are SmackDown video game ratings, like everybody else would be like between like seventy three and like seventy seven yeah. overall. <laughs> Novak would be like sixty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's just keep it real. <laughs> why? Why is it that like for some reason I pictured Novak? in my head looking like a um a just bring it 3d model on like the on the menu <laughs> screen like i know exactly what he would look like in that type of like polygon <laughs> <laughs> like 
I can just picture him like it's not super low resolution, but it's not super detailed. Like it's just like yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like you remember the old SmackDown games, like who would have the custom like stances and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. and then you would just have a generic yeah, yeah. <laughs> people who would have like they all have the same super kick B yeah. as a finisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god novak would be one of them dudes and he would have like big boot five as his finisher or something like yeah, that yeah. so <laughs> you know oh, that that was too good <laughs> that i think that's the best way to, to close out the episode <laughs> and now and now i'm definitely going to close it with like a smackdown song uh <laughs> with the oh do that you got to yeah you yeah. should do a um you could probably photoshop uh, Jacob Novak, yeah, 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 as one of them like polygon characters. <laughs> that that for sure might even be like the cover or something. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm with it. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that will that will definitely close it out for us. Uh, and yeah, like yeah, we kind of wanted to make this one a little bit more of a uh, bonus episode since it was like the end of year one. Um, so definitely. Uh, hope hope you enjoyed this episode and if you are enjoying the overall content if this is your first time joining us um, we have already covered seasons one through three so if you wanted to listen to those uh, just make sure that you do the notes that if you do listen to the older episodes now that we mention WWE Network just replace that with Peacock and you're you're good to go <laughs> Is essentially just wherever you need to get your WWE network, you can still follow the episodes. Exactly. Awesome. So that will do it for for me. Uh, did you have any any plugs that you wanted to give out this week? Nah, bro. <laughs> nope, not this week. <laughs> I'll have plugs next week. Awesome. Alrighty, so that will do it for your boy Nando O'Brien. Oh yeah, yeah, and your boy. Uh, R Troop's little cousin L Troop, <laughs> not not little Jimmy, his 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 cousin. <laughs> nah, nah, I, I truly exist. <laughs> uh, little Jimmy exists too. You know, just ain't nobody seen him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alrighty, and we will see you next time.